0: Yeah, I think it's the it's the first account of like an intimate reflection of the challenges of building a business in Latin America. And hopefully it inspires a lot more founders to build great companies.
1: You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews, Hello, everyone. My guest today is Brian Reckworth. If you haven't heard him, you should know he's bootstrapped an online real estate startup in Latin America, eventually raised $74 bucks and then merged with a competitor, sold the company for about $600 bucks. He's a top angel investor in Latin America with over 55 investments and focused on helping building the next great generation of iconic companies in the region with his business, Latitude.com. Brian, you ready to take us to the top? Hey, Love to. Thank you. Right. Thanks for I having want, me. I want people to listen. So let's sort of let's sort of build up your credibility here for a second. You an online real estate startup in Latin America. What was that company name? Viva uh, Real. Viva Royale. Viva Royale. Okay. And what was the mo- was it a marketplace model?
0: Yeah, it's similar to Zillow. Uh, you know, Zillow for for Brazil, if you if you will, uh, Zillow Trulia, and uh, yeah, no MLS like you know in the US, no multiple listing service, so no central database, and so we consolidated and built the. Largest online real estate marketplace in uh, in in Latin America.
1: And so, how did the marketplace work? Did you just take a, a cut of the, this GMV going to the platform, or what?
0: We we uh, we ended up uh, initially it was just a classifieds model. Uh, so we had you know advertisers. We had you know seven million properties across Brazil, and you know about thirty five thousand uh, real estate companies that advertised. Um, and then we also we ended up building a bunch of other businesses, software as a service business. Uh, we acquired a few of those. So we became kind of a holding of a handful of different assets, but the primary business was the kind of classified marketplace business.
1: Mm-hmm. And why couldn't you keep bootstrapping that? Why did you need to go on and raise capital to drive growth? Well, to put it lightly, uh,
0: our competitors, one was backed by Tiger uh, and the other one was owned by uh, the largest media company in Latin America that owned a majority of all TV stations in the country. Mm-hmm. So I remember sitting at a cafe looking up and they are you know they have a, a a soap opera on TV and they're plugging their product in the soap opera so you know we we needed to to you know to to fight back a little bit and, and have some have some resources we were the most underfunded out of the out of everybody but we ended up becoming the market leader
1: and uh, this is still live today correct what's that it, is the url still live today yeah vivaral.com.br
0: uh, we merged with a competitor so we have uh vivaral and zap are the two kind of uh, you know, the assets that are the primary assets zap.com.br. Um, you know, it's all in Portuguese. So if you're <laughs> so inclined.
1: Yep. And how did you, so walk me through going from nothing to sort of a $600 million valuation. Was that, was that actual cash or was it sort of a, a sort of phantom valuation in stock? And no, we, we
0: cashed out, we sold the company for $600 million all cash. Okay. Um, it, it was approved by the, uh, antitrust authorities in November of 2020, a six month kind of review of process. And uh, yeah, all, all shareholders uh, are, are now cash. Um, and then the, the new Acquire, which was a, a joint venture between a Norwegian and a South African media company, NASPERS, uh, acquired the business. Uh, it's a listed company. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, the, the transaction ha- you know, from zero to, to 600, uh, it was a very slow start, right? You're in Latin America. There's no venture capital in 2009. You know, it's an emerging ecosystem. I didn't. I didn't go to Stanford. I didn't have the rolodex. And so, basically, it was just hustle, um, and you know, and and getting a few early investors to believe in us. Thirty nos until that first yes, and then we ended up kind of piling on some, you know, some great local investors, uh, and then growth investors from the states. So, 2009 was launched that company, and when did you sell it? We we uh, thousand nineteen. It was a ten year journey, a decade, um, and I would say it launched in two thousand nine. But for the first two years, it was ramen and and you know and everything else, right? So we you know we we couldn't raise money for the two first two years. I actually sold my apartment uh, that I had, my only asset, and put all the money into into the business. So you how can much, imagine. How much was that? Uh, the apartment I sold it for about $200, 230000 dollars, more or less. Um, you know, which was a nice apartment in Colombia, yeah. Um, but, but, uh, you know, I don't know what that gets you in Beverly Hills.
1: That's hysterical. <laughs> okay. So, apartment uh, apartments sold now you keep saying we, how, how, what, what were your co-founders like?
0: So there's two, two co-founders. Um, my business partner, Thomas, who I had met, uh, in Colombia, we were both paying a fine, uh, in, for immigration because we'd overstayed our visas. <laughs> um, and so he, uh, you know, he, I was teaching English at the time to pay the bills um, and, uh, and then he, you know, I saw his German passport, had a student that wanted to learn German. And I'm like, Hey, do you, do you want to teach some German classes? Obviously that wasn't in the cards and we both had bigger ambitions. Uh, and then we, you know, we ended up starting a handful of different initiatives, uh, that kind of evolved into the, the real estate business.
1: Yep. And now before we get on latitude, you know, the equity conversation is always a, a tough one with co-founders, right? So how did you guys approach that back in 2009? Or did you just say, you know what, we, we don't want to do this now. Let's just split it 33, 33, 33.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, having now been an investor in many companies, you're right. That's not like, uh, you know, and I think that like, you know, exact equal equity isn't always the best approach. It turned out that I actually put more money into the business, so I ended up with a little bit more equity. So I fund, I, you know, I helped fund the initial, um, you know, early days. Like my college roommate, I got him to write a check. He, we were college roommates. He started a business. Uh, I was going to join him, and then I chased the girl in Colombia. Uh, you know, living in San Diego, met there. She likes to say she imported me to Colombia. Uh, that's where we started. And uh, you know, he ended up selling his business at 27, and so he was sitting around his pajamas at 10 in the morning, trying to figure out what to do with his life. So he was our first check-in. I brought him in along with you know uh, my uncle, my brother, and my dad. We all kind of financed the business in the early days. So I ended up with a little bit more equity. Uh, so Got that it. kind of took care of. That's how it handled.
1: Well, and it made it clear, sort of, how decisions were going to get made quickly. Uh, it, it sounds like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in general, like we, I don't think we really had any incidences where like there was a big debate about what to do. Um, we, you know, we were always just kind of put a lot of trust in each other in terms of where the business needed to go. Um, but yeah, you know, that, that's, that worked out, it worked out well. We have a great relationship.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, if you had, you know, if you, you took the risk early and you reaped the rewards, right. You, you had caught 30, 40% of the business, maybe more, and you sold for 600 million bucks cash. You know, why the hell are you on a podcast right now? Why aren't you on a jet somewhere? first of all,
0: I know you're trying to get the, get the exact amount of what, what the, the net proceeds were. I didn't own 30, 40% of the business. I wish I did. Um, but, uh,
1: I forgot you guys raised a bunch, right? Yeah. We raised a yeah, lot of, yeah. we raised a lot of money and still though, even if you get down yeah. to, you know, 10%, 5%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll let you use your imagination. But, yeah. um, but, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it was a good transaction. I'm happy about it. Um, you know, early investors made a lot of money. Um, you know, yeah, why am I on a podcast? I'm I, I'm I'm out I'm out hustling a book, man. Uh, I got a book that's coming out, Viva the Entrepreneur. Uh, it's it's all about you know starting, scaling, and raising venture capital in Latin America, which is something that I, I got my ass kicked uh, early on, and uh, eventually kind of figured it out. And so now I'm kind of passing on those lessons. I think that you know there's an incredible opportunity with over 700 million people in Latin America. You know, today there was a uh, one of my good friends David Vela, has just announced that you know they raised 400 million at a 25 billion dollar valuation um, you know for the you know the company. world's world's largest neobank new bank ah. uh, that that's fresh hot off the press this morning yep. so there's uh yeah there's a, there's a lot of activity in the region uh you know I'm I'm launching this book and then we all, we have a little rolling fund that we're going to launch uh, at latitude uh, to kind of reinvest in those early stage entrepreneurs and and help founders uh, you know navigate the the challenges of, of building a, a venture back business in the region.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack there. There's the book, the Rolling Fund Latitude. Why don't you first explain in more detail what Latitude is doing? You explain it to me as sort of like the YC, but for Latin America.
0: I would say it's like YC and Angel List having a Latin baby. Yep, <laughs> that's yep. my my quick my quick summary. Yep. Uh, we're, we're right now, we're we're basically helping uh, you know dozens of entrepreneurs navigate the early you know stages of their business. We host 25 sessions over a month period. Bringing in amazing mentors from the Valley and other places, uh, top entrepreneurs in Latin America that have done it before, Uh, and then you know we're 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 snapping a fund on top, which is going to go live here shortly. Just getting our first LP commitments from only LPs are uh, founders that have built big business in Latin America or GPs of top funds in you know in the US or globally, Um, and then uh, yeah, that's that's the uh, the book is kind of you know part of part of the part of the process. So uh, those are the kind of the three. the trifecta, I guess you'd say.
1: Why, why, why rolling fund? You know, I mean, this is a hot thing in the press today. But you could argue there are much more effective ways to get capital into Latin American companies than having a rolling fund. So why choose a rolling fund?
0: I don't really want to deal with the the management of all of the the back office stuff. And uh, secondly, I like the fact that I can go on and raise capital, you know, externally. Like, you know, if anyone's listening and they want to become an LP, happy to, you know, hear their hear more about them. And, uh, you know, so for me, it's, uh, it's an easy way to get going. It's, it's you know, and it's, uh, it's also, um, you know, uh, it, you know we'll, we'll see how it evolves, right? Like it, it just, for me, it was just a simple thing to get going. Um, you know, people, I like the, also the nature of the, the rolling aspect of it, because we're doing cohorts. So it tucks in nicely to have, when you've got a, a segment of entrepreneurs that are coming through, you know, 10, 12 entrepreneurs, uh, that are building their businesses, we can, you know, you can get exposure to each batch. So it lines up pretty nicely with uh, what we're building as well.
1: 12, so about 12 founders per cohort.
0: Yeah. We're, we're, right now we actually have, um, right now it's almost like a, a, an NGO because I'm just funding this operation. Whereas eight of us, my co-founder Gina Gotthilf ran Duolingo, uh, grew it from three to 300 million users. My other co-founder is the CTO of a venture back business in Brazil. Uh, the, the three of us, along with a team of, of five other people, we're basically just helping founders for free right now. We're, we're, we're selecting the cream of the crop, the best entrepreneurs that are building the biggest ideas, and we're running through this program. We don't take any equity at the, at the moment. All
1: virtual, I imagine.
0: All virtual, remote first. Um, and, uh, and we're doing that. Uh, and then you know, we're going we're gonna to start investing in some of these companies. Probably in the, the second half of the year, uh, we'll, we'll start formalizing our investment Ah, uh, for specific terms, um, taking around a three to ten percent equity in these companies and investing between fifty to two hundred fifty thousand, and uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I mean, we want to build a bunch of products as well. I'm an entrepreneur, so I don't want to just sit back and invest. I want to build some cool shit.
1: Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the angel investments you've done. What, you know, pick a baby. Which one are you most excited about?
0: Well, I mean, there's the ones that I. Have been excited about because I, I got cash in the bank and the ones that I'm excited about uh, moving forward. No, moving um, forward.
1: Do the moving forward ones.
0: Okay. All right. I, I think you know last week, uh, week or two ago, um, a company called La House uh, in Colombia raised a 35 million dollars Series B. Uh, I was fortunate enough to you know invest in in the team there very very early on. Um, you know, kind of pre seed, and then I invested in the subsequent rounds. And you know that company is uh, you know is doing extremely well, and uh, I think they have an enormous market. You know, we look at uh, the comparable business to that business in China is a seventy billion dollar market cap company. Uh, obviously, Latin America is not China, but if you take the aggregate of the region, it's an enormous. You know, it's twice as large as India when you when you look at the GDP. And so there's a, an enormous opportunity. You know, and, and I'd like to how they're going to pick up where I left off on the real estate side. What about bootstrapped ones that haven't raised but they're growing like crazy? Um I mean, it's hard to pick a, you know, pick a pick a a favorite here, right? There's a handful of companies that have done that. Um, you know, uh, I'd have to I'd have to think about it, but any particular sector you you're interested in? No, I, I know mean, you're you know, your, I know you're a your software exper-
1: This is your expertise, man. I'm just curious <laughs> in Latin America. What bootstrap founders do you really respect?
0: Um, well, you know, there's there's a bootstrap founder that uh, he ended up raising a little bit of money, but he was the ultimate bootstrap founder. Um, you know, he, he did go through YC and then he's, you know, built an education company. Uh, it's called Quero Edu- Educação and they've, you know, they've done extremely well. Um, there's, you know, I, it's hard to, it's hard to rattle them off right now, but, um, oh, I, I'm it. very excited about a bunch of, a bunch of, a bunch of companies that are, you know, that are, um, you know, they're building great businesses.
1: All right. Take us home here. You wrote a book, uh, most books, business books, you get to the first three pages, you get about everything you need, you put it down, you forget about it. Why are people going to read your whole book?
0: Yeah, I think it's the it's the first account of like an intimate reflection of the challenges of building a business in Latin America, a venture backed business. Um, and I think you know when I started my business, there wasn't a lot of role models that had built businesses in our region. Uh, you know, tech companies. Uh, the the one that stands out is Mercado uh, Mercado Libre, which is a today it's a ninety billion dollar market cap company. Marcos Galberin and Hernán Caza, along with Nicholas uh, Nick Sakazi. Uh, who uh, the last two were investors in my company, they um, I guess all of them were because they were investors in the fund. I read a case study from them at Stanford about their business when I had the idea for my business, and so just that inspiration behind like reading that and being like, oh, this is this is something I could do. Why don't I build the Mercado Libre of real estate? So I think that that's the the thing that I hope hits home with founders is that they expand the size of their ambition. They you know they have someone that understands and has a little empathy with like the challenges and the, you know, the intricacies of building a business in the region. And hopefully it inspires a lot more founders to build great companies. Brian, where can they get it? It's going to be on Amazon. Uh, February, February 2nd is the the date that it, it hits, it uh, hits
1: Amazon. So, so it's live uh, yeah, because this will be coming out after that. So check it out on Amazon. Yeah. Amazon. Wonderful. Brian Reckworth. Thanks for taking us to the top. Okay. Thank you, man.